You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 75. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures made for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. All right, so we're talking today about actually enjoying your time with your partner and your individual time. So that time that you set aside with your partner to just be with your partner. We refer to this as dyad time. Even if you're in a group, even if you are, say, in a triad or a quad, everybody needs good dyad time, time with just two people. And this is one of those really tricky things because a lot of times in our relationships, we talk to a lot of people who they they spend a lot of time really fighting to get their dyad time. One of the, the banes of the existence as a polyamorous person is scheduling. And when you have multiple partners and you have a lot of things going on in your life, trying to get that quality time with just you and one partner, it can be really tricky. And we can spend a lot of time fighting for that and arguing for that and trying to make that happen. But what we want to talk about today is how bad it is when we finally get that time and that time sucks. How much time do you spend, uh, you know, arguing and fighting and working for diet time and you get that time with your partner and the time's just awful? It sucks. Yeah. You're either sitting there and you're just not enjoying yourself at all. You're not doing anything that you enjoy. You're, you know, panicking about what's going on with your other partners. You're arguing and wasting that time that you could be having arguing and, you know, trying to fix issues that are unresolved and things like that. And that's not good, right? Because we don't get enough of this time to begin with. And we want to make sure that when we have it, when we have dyad time, when we have time with one partner that we're able to actually enjoy that time instead of it being miserable. Cassie, what are the reasons that might be miserable? Perhaps you and your partner don't have something that you're doing together and it feels inadequate. Like the time, even though it's there, doesn't feel good. Maybe you're not really able to enjoy things because you're sitting there dreading when you go back home or going to the other partner and you're recognizing that when you come through the door, there's going to be a problem. So you're stuck in that. I can't really enjoy my time right now because I know it's going to suck later. And maybe I think that's probably the most common. Yeah. That or you're fighting while you're. That was the last thing yeah. I was going to say. Or, or you're in a position where it's been bad for so long that even when you have that time, even finally when we get around to having that time, we're not happy. We're not enjoying it. And we're resentful and bickering and the time's just not fun. And that's a really awful feeling because, A, it, it really just it doesn't feel great when we work really hard to get something that we want and then that thing isn't good 
to begin with. But then also, if we're already kind of struggling in our relationships and say that we've been having some difficulties and we finally were able to come up with this time together, but now we do it and now it goes wrong, that can just make us feel even worse about the relationship and about the future of the relationship and how our partner views us and all of those things. So today we're going to talk about some steps you can take to make sure that your dyad time is awesome and less suck. Yeah. I like how you That might be the title of this now. (laughs) How to make your dyad time more awesome, less suck. I like that. So... The first thing is you want to look at where you're putting your time. And the reason why this is important, and we actually, we have a training that we do, and it's the things that you need to have amazing polyamorous relationships. And we go into a major detail about how important it is to make your relationship a priority. And part of that is putting time there. When when something's a, a priority, we have to give it time. And the thing that happens is when we don't give our relationships time and we don't give them that space, when we finally get around to fitting it in, it doesn't feel good because we've already gone all that time not getting our needs met, not having that quality time. So the first thing is making sure you're making this a priority. Are you taking night classes, going to the gym, you have that poly meetup you do, and also you're working 75 hours a week at work and you're what seeing your partner maybe for an hour here or there and you're not ever getting that time when you finally get around to getting it it doesn't feel good it feels like your partner was an afterthought so you really want to make sure that you're being very intentional about making your relationship a priority and making that time happen I don't have much to fill in. It's kind of that, like the first step to having quality time is to actually make sure that you're making time. We don't want to spend a lot of time here, but it has to be said because so many people skip the first step. And as far as making your relationship a priority, we do talk about that in our training. And if you haven't seen our training, you should check that out. Um, Which now means there's going to have to be a link. (laughs) But check that out later. Finish listening here. So the next thing is... You have to have time that you're not trying to make things better. Yeah. Uh, You know, when our relationship's a job, we wind up treating it like one. And this is a discussion that we have to have with our clients a lot. You know, we work with a lot of people to help them heal their relationships and, and build great relationships together. And the the program that we do there's a lot of work involved it's 10 weeks long it's super intensive there's module work every week and there's calls and there's a lot of things and one of the first things that we tell people coming into the course is as as important as it is to do all this work and it is very important if all you're doing when you're spending your time together is working on your relationship your relationship's going to suffer because at the end of the day We need to enjoy our relationships with our partners. We don't want it to be a job. And if even if we have things in our relationship that we really, really need to fix, Uh, most of the people that we're working with, they have things that that have been issues for a long, long time, and they really do need to fix those issues. But the problem is if our relationship is just a job and we're not getting quality time with our partners and we get in a place where we start to associate being around our partner with just suck 
right? Or work. Or work. Because all the time is spent on the relationship and nothing's fun. We're not enjoying ourselves. We're not doing anything that feeds the relationship or feeds us. And we start to pull away from our partners even more. And that makes it harder to resolve the issues that are outstanding. So one of the first things that we tell people, and this is important for everybody listening, is regardless of how much work you have to do in your relationship, regardless of what issues you have that you want to overcome and you need to work on, and it feels like you have these pressing conversations that you're just going to explode if you go another day without having, you still have to make sure that you are spending quality time together on a regular basis. And what you'll find is that when you do that, those conversations become easier to have because when we actually enjoy our partners and see them as a positive force in our lives, it becomes easier to overcome our disagreements and work through things than when we just see our partner in our relationships as bad and sucky and work. Absolutely. And the other thing is, is that this doesn't have to be necessarily our relationship is work, right? It's we're trying to make other things better, our lives better. But if everything you're associating with your relationship is work, that's how you're going to view it. And I don't know about you, but when I didn't work for myself, it's a little different now. But when I had a job, a regular job, the way that I felt about that when I went in, as far as how much I was willing to show charity as we talk about it, or as much as I was willing to negotiate things was a lot smaller than when I am caring and loving and thinking of something as a partnership, right? So you want to come to the table feeling like it's a partnership versus this is this person here is something that's just a lot of work. So we can't stress that enough. And what ends up happening a lot of times is we end up in situations where we have the relationship that is the work relationship, right? Mm. It's the relationship that all the bad stuff is there. And usually it's our primary relationship. It is because there's a certain amount of a certain amount of work that is required just in day to day life to make life work. And when we're living with somebody and we're sharing a house and responsibilities and there is a lot of things in that relationship that are actually work because we have to do life and somebody else comes along who we don't have those responsibilities with and we're not, you know, with our nesting partner we're not making sure to make quality time and have fun time together and all that time is work, then the other relationship a lot of times we'll see become an escape. Yeah. And the the problem with this is, yeah, you need to work on those things. And it can be even more difficult when your nesting or primary relationship is something that has a lot of fixing to do to just give up and be like, well, I'm just going to spend the time doing the work, but I'm going to go have fun elsewhere. So rather than having that fun elsewhere, I mean, by all means, enjoy all of your partners, but make sure you're having the fun and the good time, even in the relationship that needs the most fixing. Okay. So the next point is try finding 
hobbies or things that you all enjoy to do with your partners. And this is something that sounds like common sense, but it's also a trap that a lot of us fall into. And what that is, is it's very often, and I speak as, we speak as people who have had to work on this continuously ourselves, where we do the good poly thing and we schedule time in the calendar and then we find that like we're just sitting around the house and everybody's bored and everybody kind of goes off to do their own separate thing. And that's not great. If we're making the effort to calendar time out, we need to make sure that that time is enjoyable and fulfilling for everybody. Because again, otherwise we start to associate our partner as being not fun and just being work. And a lot of times that's not true. It's just that we're we're not putting the effort in that we do when we go out and do other things and we do things with other partners. We just are, we're just bumming around the house. For some people, that is quality time. And if that's the case for you, if, if spending a whole Saturday bumming around and watching TV works for you and makes you and your partner both feel fulfilled, that's great. But for a lot of people, that's not the case or it's, it's not the case all the time. Like they might be happy with that once in a while, but that's not something they want to do every day. And regardless of even if it is something that you're happy doing most of the time, variety is the spice of life, right? So getting that's why out, a lot of us are poly. Yeah, like get out, <laughs> getting out and having new adventures, finding something new that the two of you can invest in and grow in and thrive together will make your relationship stronger versus it being a situation where you tend to do the same thing over and over again that isn't really fulfilling for each one of you or is just fulfilling for one of you and not the other. So it can be really great if you can find hobbies that you can do with your partners. And the the great thing about hobbies is hobbies are the things that when we have free time that we want to go do anyways. So if we can find those things that we have in common with our partners, then that means that it's naturally going to be something. It, it, it's it's a great default, right? So just as an example for us, I'm so I will fully take ownership of being one of these people who, for me, sitting around the house is not quality time pretty much ever. I have to be pretty exhausted for, for sitting around watching TV on a Saturday to be good fun for me during the day. But we've been able to find climbing, rock climbing, which for our whole group right now is something that everybody likes. We were able to find a hobby. (laughs) Yeah, we're able to find a hobby that everybody enjoys. And the great thing about having a hobby like that is it's a great backup, right? So maybe, you know, maybe this upcoming weekend we have planned to go to an escape room or we have planned to go to a fairy festival. I don't know if that's this weekend, but Maybe we don't. And if we get to this weekend and we don't have something planned, we know that, hey, barring, you know, weirdness or people being hurt or exhausted, we can go out and go climbing and everybody's going to, at the end of that, feel like they enjoyed that and got something out of it. Yep. Anything else on that? Anything else on the hobbies? Nope, that was it. (laughs) So here's the thing. Uh, Try exploring different things. There's a, a good chance, and, and it's not like you're always going to have all of your hobbies in common with your partner. I, I would say that probably the majority of my hobbies, I don't have any one partner that has the same hobbies as me. All but the same hobbies as you. All, that's what I mean. All the same hobbies, but with 
all of my partners, I have at least one or two hobbies in common. So the trick is to talk and experiment and find those things so that you can get some variety and get some some quality time. And I do think that beyond hobbies, it's important to, to do new things. We've talked a lot about hobbies. Yeah. It's, it's about, it's that's why I said, you know, all of us like variety. All of us like new challenges. And the thing is, you're never going to realize, because we're talking about hobbies and we're kind of merging it. But the important thing is, you're not going to know with your partner if a hobby is something that you have until you've at least explored that thing, right? We didn't know we liked climbing until we got a gift certificate and ended up going to the climbing gym, right? So getting out and and trying things gives you that opportunity to find those hobbies. And even if it's not your thing, you and your partner got to have that bonding experience of doing something new and exciting and novelty together. Okay, so point four, it's making sure that your needs are actually being met during the time that you're spending with your partner. So we all have different love languages. We all have different social needs and intimacy needs and things that we need in our time, right? So we talked about hobbies and interests, but also breaking down into time, all of us have different needs as far as the time with our partner for it to feel fulfilling, right? So maybe I have a need for touch and closeness. Maybe you have a need for- Go take, take two steps back. I need, I need touch, I need sex. That's what I primarily need in my time. That's Cassie's love um, language. Yes, sex is my love language. If you want me to feel loved and respected, I need sex. But regardless, whatever that is for you that you need to feel connected with your partner, and it might not be the same thing that your partner needs. For me, I'm very touch-oriented, as I just said. Our partner, Amanda, is very conversation, you know, needy. Um, I say needy jokingly, but that's her needs, right? Like that's something that she needs to pull away from quality time. So you want to make sure that when you're spending time together, that both of you, and it might not be fully equal every time you spend time, but that both of you are getting those specific needs out of the time that you're spending. Be really curious as to what your partner needs as far as that time. I, I think, and the important point with this, and this is kind of a general relationship skill, is that a lot of times we tend to just assume that our partners need what we need and that if they're not giving us that, it's because they don't really love us. So, you know, I'll, I'll just use Cassie and Amanda as an example because Cassie just brought it up, but it's very easy for somebody like Cassie who's very touch oriented and kind of feels that the world should be <laughs> to look at her interactions with Amanda and be like, well, you know, I'm not really being touched, so therefore this person doesn't care about me or we're not compatible or we shouldn't be together. Instead of just being like, maybe this person has other things that speak to them about the quality of the relationship that meet their needs. And so it's important to A, actually have those conversations with our partners, B, to be open to the idea that our partner might need different things than us, but that doesn't say anything about our relationship. It says something about our partner and about us. 
and see that it's okay to have some give and take with this stuff. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And it doesn't have to, as I said, always be equal, but you want to make sure that it's not always a situation where, say, I'm the touchy person, I'm getting all the touch, but you're the conversationalist person and you're never getting I'm that. such the conversationalist um, person. You're not. But regardless, making sure that each person is getting that. And it's really easy for us to, especially when we have multiple relationships, when we're non-monogamous, to be able to kind of get needs met in different places. And that's one of the perks. But it's important to make sure that you're getting your needs and your partner's getting their needs for this relationship, the needs that they need here met, and that the two of you are working together to find that. All right. So we have talked a lot about time and a lot about the importance of it. And I can't stress this enough. You actually have to schedule time. This is usually your bit. So I was going to let you harp because normally you do. You go for a minute and then I'll okay. harp. I'm so, still trying to see where you're going with this. Okay. So the thing is, is a lot of times we spend a lot of time around our partners and we uh, say, okay, well, I it's it. Monday evening. I'm going to be home. You're going to be home. Great. Or it's Saturday and we're around each other. Here's the thing. Everything that's important to us, we schedule. If we have a trip that we're going on vacation, we schedule that. We have a date that we're leaving and a date that we're coming back. When we have work meetings, it's in our calendar. When we've got to go to the doctor, it's in our calendar. When we spend time with our partner, well, we just assume that it's going to happen. No, it's important to actually schedule your time with your partner. The problem that often happens is we assume that the time is there and then we don't actually spend it. Yeah, so I think this kind of breaks down into two points. Uh, number one is about actually scheduling the time, which gets back to kind of the first point that we had. But I, the other thing here that I think is is really important when we're talking about scheduling time and, and how to make time quality time, it has to do with getting back to what we were talking about hobbies and we were talking about having things to do and, and having new things. But how do you actually make that happen? And the way that you actually make that happen is instead of just having this big open space in our calendar where we have an evening together and we're planning on hanging out, is to actually take time, maybe at the beginning of the week, and go through and be like, okay, so we've got this block of time Tuesday that, you know, we're going to we're going to hang out and maybe typically we would just leave this open in our calendar and just let whatever hanging out, whatever we do to hang out happen. But what do we actually want to do? And actually making those plans. And this becomes super important when we're, I think, particularly with nesting partners. And the reason I say that is this, you know, typically when we have partners that we're not living with, um, maybe that we're not seeing as much. We do that with our time. We go on, we hop on Messenger, we text, we hop on the phone and we go, hey, uh, I want to hang out this weekend. There's this festival coming up. When would you be available? What are you doing? I want to go out for dinner sometime this week. What does that look like for you? When we have people that we nest with and we spend a lot of time around, we tend to just be like, yeah, we're spending time together and, and letting that float. And we don't make those plans like we do with other people. And when we do this, a lot of times those things, those dreams, those ideas that we have together don't happen. 
So I want you all to be very honest, but how many of you have sat down with one of your partners and been like, we should really go to blank place. Maybe it's the opera, maybe it's the zoo, maybe we should go to that fancy place to go have dinner. And it still hasn't happened. It's been months, it's been weeks, it's been maybe a year. And every time you see that thing or an advertisement, you're like, yeah, we really should do that. Well, one of the reasons why you're probably not doing it is because you haven't actually ever scheduled it. So actually making those plans is really, really helpful. And the other side of that is this helps your other relationships because when we schedule things and we have things where our partners know what's going on, our other partners can make plans or even that partner that we're doing something with can make plans. Oh, we're not getting together until 8.30 while I have the rest of the day. Or, I can go to the gym. Yeah, I can go to the gym or I can go see my other partner. I can then, go get punched in the face. Well, that's you because you like to go to the boxing gym. But whatever it is, it allows our partners to have more ownership of their own time when we actually plan things. So planning makes everybody a little bit more empowered in the relationship. Okay. Okay. All right. So the next thing, and this is where my typo was is making sure that the problems in your relationship aren't building up and that people are actually happy. Ah, now I Maybe. am. <laughs> I have I has much more understanding now. Yes. Okay. Um so it is making sure that people are actually happy in the relationship. You want to make sure that your relationship is happy because if it's not, your time together is not going to be fun. It's not going to be enjoyable. If the rest of your rest of your time is unhappy, it's going to continue to be even if you schedule that time. So we talked a lot about scheduling and we could spend a long time talking about the, the technical end of scheduling and making things fun, like activities to do, things like that. But seriously, that is the easy part. It's, it's the, the simple it. part. Yeah, like do it. It's the easy part. The harder part is when our relationships don't feel good. And this gets back to what I was talking about before. Uh, you know, at the beginning we were talking about what does this look like when we're not enjoying time with our partners? When we fail to make plans and we fail to schedule new things and really to try and do things with our partner, well, then bad time looks like, okay, we're hanging out. It's boring. Uh, we're, it's boring. We're in different rooms. I'm playing Xbox now. And that's not great. And you definitely need your relationship to not have all of that. But this is the difference between, okay, this is boring. And oh my God, I don't even want to be around my partner. I can't tell you how many people we talk to when we do our, our breakthrough calls. And when we're talking to people first coming into our program who they have gotten to a point where they actively avoid scheduling time with their partner because every time that they do that, it is just awful. They wind up sniping at each other. They wind up arguing. And usually it, it either starts because they, they're spending the time trying to have discussions about things that are unresolved or they're just in such a state of 
being in that way with each other that anytime they're around each other, they're kind of taking shots at each other and things escalate. Next thing you know, things are blowing up and now great. It's every weekend that we have together turns into an argument and somebody leaving the house and actively avoiding spending time together because you know that that's just going to be a blow up and it's going to be miserable and you don't want to do it. And many times it rolls into the the time that you have not even with that partner, right? You you go and you're with your other partner and you are dreading coming home. You're worried that the time that you have away is is you know of, it's going to be problems. You're going to get home and you're oh, what are we doing? What you know? Yeah. Uh, do you have fun with them? You don't do that stuff with me. You know why? Yeah. Yeah, and and so it ends up being that anytime there's time, it, it, it doesn't feel good. And there's a big difference between, you know, your partner not necessarily having conversion when you go out and being super excited for you and actually being angry and hurt and, and upset. And when you two have time together, basically spending all that time being resentful. So you want to make sure that your relationship isn't staying in that space. So... How do you go about this? I mean, it's kind of a, an in-depth topic, but a couple of key points. Number one, you need to make sure that problems that are coming up, you're addressing, right? You're not just sitting on stuff. You're not letting it bleed over. You're not not discussing stuff. And then the only time it can come up is during uh, during your free time. So the first thing is just kind of making sure that you're I kind of view this as a making sure that you're handling stuff uh, and then B, you know, the other thing has to do with talking about people's needs being met, I think. Yeah. And you want to make sure, you know, that you're looking at your relationship, because a lot of times when we're feeling anger or upset about our partner spending time with someone else, it's a lot to do with and I'm not talking about just not feeling good. I'm talking about that anger or that real upset. It's because I'm not getting what I need here. The time that I'm I'm having is bad. And it's not so, always even a amount of time. You know, it's sometimes it's a quality of time yeah. or it's, you know, it might not even be your needs around time. It may just be that you have a lot of needs that aren't getting met in that relationship to begin with. And when that happens, we get resentful with our partners. And when we're resentful, that winds up coming out in arguments and snappiness and cold shoulders and all that stuff. And that winds up bleeding over into into the time that we spend with them and into not being able to have any time together and into that feeling of, I don't even want to be around. So what do people do about that, Cassie? So here's the thing. You want to start off by looking at the first couple of things that we're talking about here. Are you spending your time well, right? Are you scheduling it? Are you making it a priority? Does everybody feel like the time that you're spending together is quality time Yeah. for them? Because different people have different definitions. So looking over all of those things. And if you're doing all those things and you are getting to a point where neither one of you or one of you is not getting your needs met. A, right? Take a look at make sure everybody is, is getting quality time. B, really evaluate what else is going on in your relationships besides your time. So are there big unmet issues? Are there... Uh, unmet needs like that you're having that are, are really just stuff where you're not feeling good in your relationships. And if that's the case, then you want to address those things. And by addressing those things and 
resolving those issues and uh, getting to a point where people are feeling their needs met, you'll see a lot of these problems disappear on their own. If, if you're to the point where you can't hang out with your partner without it blowing up, the time isn't the problem. What you're doing with the time isn't the problem. The problem is other things that are unresolved in the relationship. So really take a look at that stuff and ask yourself, you know, what is it here that uh, needs that I'm not getting met, things that are unresolved that keep coming up for me during our free time and really approach it from that way first before actually trying to fix the time and see if that's something that you can do. And if it's something that you can't, right? If you can't seem to get the rest of those things fixed, as I said, scheduling's easy. A lot of this stuff is easy. If Well, not, not simple. If scheduling is not always easy. <laughs> simple. It's simple, maybe not easy. There we go. But it's a lot easier than some of the other things that are going on. And if that's the case, if you're finding that you're to a point where the two of you can't negotiate anything, you can't get your needs met, you can't align and get on the same page, and you are stuck in this place where there's so many things that feel broken and don't feel like they can be put back together, this is a time where you need to reach out. If you cannot enjoy any of your time with your partner, if you're sitting here and you're saying, I can't think of the last time we've enjoyed time together, that's a time to, to reach out you're and get gonna help. You're not going to fix that with scheduling. Yeah. you're you're and, and, and we're saying this because we talk to a lot of folks. And part of the reasons why we did this live is I actually was inspired by current clients. And one of the things that I had to tell them very recently was this. Yes, the schedule is a bitch, right? Scheduling can sometimes be really hard, but it's not the scheduling. There's so much else going on. And if you can't get those things together, it doesn't matter what you do with your schedule. It doesn't matter how much you try to shape your time. It's not going to be good. And if you could get past some of those things on your own, you probably would have by now. You wouldn't be to the point where no time is enjoyable at all. So if that is the case, if that is where you're at, we're going to go ahead and put a book a call. You can book a call with our team. We'll hop on. We'll talk to you about what's going on. See, it's free. It's free. See what the challenges are and help you come up with a path forward. If you're really needing help, if you're really needing guidance, take advantage of this call. It will be the best 45 minutes you spend on your relationship. And no matter what, you'll get a lot of clarity from it. So we'll put that in the notes. Atouchaflavor.com forward slash call. And you'll have a little, uh, little application and calendar there. And you can just pick a time that works for you guys. So, right. oh, two things, two things before you guys go. Number one. We have redone our training. So Cassie was talking about our training where we talk about, you know, how to work on prioritizing your relationships. We have a training. It's the most popular training we've ever done. And it it was called the five steps to build amazing open relationships. We've taken that. We've taken a lot of the feedback we've gotten from that over the last year that it's been out. And we have actually significantly revamped it. It was a couple week long project. It's now five steps to heal your relationship. Some of the same ideas, 
some different ones, but overall, there's a much bigger focus on how to overcome the challenges that you're facing in your relationships. So I'll put that link in here. You definitely, definitely, definitely should watch that. If you're listening to this and you don't have the comments, you can just go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash AOR for amazing open relationships because that's what it used to be called. And that link will take you there. So definitely watch that. Along those lines, we did a class here recently that we taught on how to cohabit without hating your partners. We taught it for an event recently. It was really well received. People found it really helpful. And so we know a lot of people couldn't come to the event or even people at the event couldn't make it for various reasons. So sometime, and I'm not comfortable enough to announce a date yet, but sometime (laughs) soon, we're going to be putting that out. We're going to do it as a live training, not here. We're probably going to use our, our webinar platform for that, but we're going to do it as a live training that you can register for. It's not something that's going to turn into like a podcast or a uh, a Facebook Live because it's just too in-depth and also we, we teach it at events. But we are going to put it out for our folks who, you know, because you can't all make it out to the events that we go to. So we're going to put it out as a training, as a, as a, a webinar. We're going to run it live. We're going to run it once. And that's probably going to be it for at least several months with that. So... Keep an eye out, hint, hint. If you're in the Facebook group, we'll be posting in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, then what I suggest you do is just go to our website, atouchofflavor.com, and there are spots where you can put in your email address to get on our mailing list. They're hard to miss. They're like at the top and the bottom of the screen. Punch your email in and we'll send out a notification when we're doing this, but it's gonna be... It's a really, really great training, and we're going to revamp it even a little more before we do it as a live training for you guys. So we are really excited about that. Yeah, I can't wait to do slides. Are we doing slides? Yeah. Oh, and Um, we're doing slides. Cassie's going to do slides for you. I love slides. So that'll be great. All right, folks. Until then, you guys are awesome. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask, or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. 